Listen for the word from God for you of the broader passage from Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nations, you have increased its joy, they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as the people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders and the rod of their oppressor you have broken on the day of Midian. For the boots of all the trampling warriors and the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That is, uh, that's, a, that's a lot of pressure. The whole prophets, Jesus coming... And so I was trying to think yesterday about what I can say for certainty, and I feel pretty confident that as I was meditating on this yesterday, that I can say that God is an Auburn fan. <laughs> and I can say that because the ball bounces off a great athlete, and the guy catches the ball off his back in the end zone and runs 100 yards. That seemed like an act of God to me. <laughs> And at halftime, God created one more second. Who else creates time but God alone? It would seem to me that God is an Auburn fan. And we like to believe that God is on our side. God may be on other people's side, but we like to believe that God is on our side. Especially when it comes to people who share that same passion. Who are like us. So, it seems like God must be an Auburn fan. It seems like if there is justice in the world that perhaps Alabama would lose by Nick Saban having too many people on the field. <laughs> perhaps that is how we look at victories, that God was on our side. When we win, God is on our side. There is a team that is undefeated and has won their last six games by 40 points on average, but I can't remember who that is. But that's sort of the way we like to think about it. God is on our side. And so how, how do we go forward with this? And I was thinking about this yesterday as trying to, to think about um, our broadening family. We were together for five days at the beach but this is the first time the five of us have all been together for two years. And they're older and wiser. And so we had to relearn what it means to be a family. Because what it was two years ago is different now. And that's why we went and played sardines at Walmart. It just kind of reminded us of what it means to be us. And we thought about Kayla and her boyfriend. And how do, we, how do you introduce somebody to us as a family and then we thought what a great opportunity this is and so we thought hey let's make up some traditions that we could tell AU 
that is what we do in America. Like on Dog Day, August 22nd, everybody ends their sentences with the word woof. <laughs> so we spent a day practicing that. Hey, how are you? Woof. I'm good. How are you? Woof. We thought about getting people at fast food restaurants. Would you like fries with that woof? See if we could pull that off. And then I thought it would be great. See if you don't agree. If on Valentine's Day we tell Ayub that the, uh, you write a valentine to the father of your girlfriend. <laughs> to my valentine. And then you list all the things you like about them. I already know where on the wall I would hang that. But I also struggle with how do you tell somebody about college football? Because soccer clearly is the beautiful game, if you understand it. That's why more people watch any game of soccer than even the Super Bowl. Clearly, gymnastics is perhaps a greater feat. Swimming is more fluid. Football. How would you describe football? How would you describe it? And, and to understand it, I heard uh, on, uh, I guess, NPR, they were talking about how to get, whether or not payer, players should get paid or be able to use their images. And somebody said, well, let's just separate athletics from college. What does it have to do with it? You could have a separate entity. And it was obviously somebody from California because they don't understand football. George Carlin understands football, and the way I would explain it is, it's kind of like people going to war, but nobody dies, and very few people get hurt, and most of the injuries don't really show up for another decade, so it really, and allows us to sit in the stands and watch people go to war, and if you read accounts of previous wars, before there were tanks and that kind of thing, people used to go out, take chairs, and watch the war. That's what we do but we get to go home and we get to cheer for the same guys or most of them week after week after week. George Carlin described football this week, he's, this way. He said, in football, the object is for the quarterback, also known as the field general, to be on target with his aerial assault, riddling the defense by hitting his receivers with deadly accuracy in spite of the blitz, even if he has to use the shotgun. With short bullet passes and long bombs, he marches his troops into enemy territory, balancing his aerial assault with a sustained ground attack that punches holes in the forward wall of the enemy's defensive line. Essentially, football is like a ground war, but we limit the ground so you don't have to keep moving down to watch it from a different place. They come back and fight it out again over the same area of field, and you get to sit and watch. It's the Roman Colosseum. But the tigers just don't need as much raw meat during the week. We like us, and we don't like them. And clearly, usians are better than themsians. And at college football, you get to do that. In Clemson, they have the orange and white game, which is the, the scrimmage at the beginning of the season. And that's like they, taking your sister to the prom. You got to have the other people, and you got to talk about how terrible they are. And so for a Clemson person, any week that Clemson wins and South Carolina loses is a great week. 
And so I've spent my whole life, especially following my college career, at talking about USC football players and their fans. I have said things like this, why do USC football players like smart women? Because opposites attract. <laughs> How come USC football players won't drive a Japanese car? They're afraid they won't understand what's on the radio. How do you get a USC, a former USC football player off your porch? You pay him for the pizza. <laughs> a USC, a USC uh, former football player was almost killed yesterday in a horseback riding accident. But fortunately, the guy from Walmart came out and unplugged the horse. And for just our Alabama and Tennessee people, this one I felt was good. Alabama fan and a Tennessee fan, you don't have to pay extra for this one. Alabama fan and a Tennessee fan were in World War II, and they were put before a firing squad, and the guy said, uh, the guy says, do you have any last requests? And the Tennessee fan, yes. Can we sing Rocky Top? And the Alabama fan says, shoot me first. That's what we like. We like usians and themsians, and we separate and we divide and we believe ourselves to be better than others. And we do it in religion. This is an old one, but I like it. Uh, there's a, a woman in San Francisco was walking along a Golden Gate Bridge, and she came upon another man about to jump. And she yelled, don't jump, and he said, nobody loves me. She said, God loves you. And he said, I, I, I believe in God. She said, well, are you a Christian or a Jew? He said, well, I'm a Christian. She said, me too, Protestant or Catholic? Protestant, me too, what denomination? Baptist, me too, Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? Northern Baptist, me too, Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? He said, Northern Conservative Baptist, me too. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist or Northern Conservative Reform Baptist? Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist, me too. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist, Great Lakes Region, or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist, Eastern Region. He said, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist, Great Lakes Region. She said, me too. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist, Great Lakes Region, Council of 1879, or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist, Great Lakes Region, Council of 1912. He said, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Great Baptist, Great Lakes Region, 1912, and she said, die scum, and pushed him off the bridge. <laughs> America is formed by Puritans who purified themselves by coming as a group to worship as they chose. But make it clear, worshiping as they chose was to worship with people who thought like them, acted like them, dressed like them, believed like them, did everything like them. That's what Puritan means. And here we have a dream. A dream that is so great that it says, for all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulder and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And this peace, that we see in Emmanuel in Jesus is for a greater sense of us than we ever dreamed possible. And the more we keep pushing people out, the more 
Jesus keeps calling them to draw, in and, uh, draw them in. Family is a challenge because people grow and they change. And that's tough. And so we try and encourage one another in families to be created in the image of God and not in the image of those from whence you came. And this image is one we are called to go forward. But the problem is we kind of like being spectators. We like sitting in the stands while people fighting it out on the field. We like saying we won when really they won and we watched. Well, I can't believe they lost. They lose, we win. But really, we just watch. Kierkegaard said our problem with church is we think that this is the stage. When really, that's the stage and God is the audience. I'm just the guy prompting you your lines. It is for God's glory as God seeks to draw us in. As Jesus showed us how amazing it is when you can reach out to an individual and touch them and allow them to not have to give up their soul or their identity to be a part. Imagine how, you can see why, what happened to Jesus when you push those boundaries. So let's just imagine this for a second. Let's imagine I take you to Nashville where some friends are playing and they're playing music and and my buddy Bob Britt's playing with Bob Dylan, and Bob says, I, I have a blister. I need you to come and play guitar. You say, no, 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 I just came to watch. Or that you go to the football game, and they say the running back hurt his knee. We want you to go out there and let him chase you around for a little bit. <laughs> nah, man, I just came to watch. What if Jesus comes and he says, hey, Time to get out your pew. We got some stuff to do. Follow me. That's where we are. We are to give up our dreams for God's dream. Because our dreams end up dividing us and separating us. Our dreams end up pushing Jesus into some unknown future or talk about what he was or who he was in the past instead of realizing that to believe in Christ is to believe in Christ now. To pray for the kingdom of God is to pray now. Your kingdom now. Your will now in me, in us, right now, as it is in heaven. Come, Emmanuel. We're ready. Let us pray. God, help us to dream your dreams. Help us to see what you see. Help us to envision the vision you have for all your children everywhere. For that's why we've come. That's why we gather. And while we lift our voices, praying as we were taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen.